0: Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Last week we began a new series called People on the Path, and I told you that we're looking at three types of people that are on your path. The first group of people are people put there to discourage. The second group are people put there to encourage. And the final group are people put there with courage. I I told you that discouragement, although it can be a tool of the enemy, can also be an instrument of God. It can be used to keep us from going down the wrong path. And last week we looked at, at Numbers chapter 22 where God uses a man's donkey as a divine discourager to keep him from making a life mistake. And and, and I told you that God cares enough about you and your way that he will intentionally put people in your way. Uh, that you're going to be forced to, to go around these people before you get out of God's will for your life. Listen, in order for you to get out of God's will for your life, you're going to have to be very intentional about it because God is going to put people in your path that, that will discourage you from going that direction. Uh, there are times when your courage can be dangerous and and those times are when your thoughts are not his thoughts. In Isaiah 55 and 8, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways your ways, declares the Lord. And and God loves us enough to discourage us and to discourage our intentions. One morning, a man opened the door to his home, opened the front door just to get his paper. and, And he was surprised when he opened the door to see a little strange dog sitting there with the man's newspaper in its mouth. And the man was delighted with this unexpected delivery service, and so he felt led to give the little dog a a treat. So he gave the dog a treat and the dog went on its way and the man went on with his day. Well, the next morning, the man goes back to the same door, same front door of his house, opens the door. This time he finds the same little strange dog sitting there with a paper in his mouth and he's surrounded by 10 other papers around him. And the man had to spend the rest of the morning returning the papers to their rightful owners that little dog was motivated by just a little bit of encouragement just a little treat he was motivated by it how many of you know a little encouragement can go a long way just a little encouragement you have done some of the most amazing things in your life by somebody just giving you a little bit of encouragement maybe it was your boss that just said hey you're doing a good job or or maybe it was your team leader on on one of the service teams here at the church and, and and you they just looked at you and said you're doing a great job uh, maybe it was a parent or, or maybe another family member or a teacher that said, you are doing good we, and they encouraged you and a little bit of encouragement can go a long way. There was a young boy who was growing up about, about 100 years ago and, and his name was Walter and Walter loved to draw and, and his parents didn't share the passion and they didn't, they didn't encourage him and praise him for this hobby. But Walter's aunt, she encouraged him by buying him drawing pads and pencils. Walter also had a neighbor by the name of Doc Sherwood who encouraged his talent. And and Doc would would hire Walter to draw pictures of his horse uh, just when he was only seven years old. Doc Sherwood and his wife told Walter how wonderful his drawings were. And in 1938, Walter Walt Disney wrote this. One of my fondest childhood memories is of Doc Sherwood. He used to encourage me in my drawing and gave me little presents for my efforts. One time, I think he must have held a horse of his nearly all day so that I could draw it. Needless to say, the drawing wasn't so hot, but Doc made me think it was tops. Walt Disney, as most of you know, would eventually bring us Mickey Mouse. Donald Duck and a host of other characters, theme parks, and and so much fun and memories that so many of us share. This guy went on to win 26 Academy Awards for his Disney cartoons and his movie productions. I would say a little bit of encouragement went a long way with Walt Disney. Encouragement, church, it's a powerful tool. It is. Encouragement is so powerful in our lives. William Arthur Ward, he once said, flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you. Encourage me and I will not forget you. Encouragement is so powerful. Encouragement can can give the weak the strength that they need. Encouragement can give the lost the direction that they need. Encouragement can give the defeated the victory that they need. Encouragement has the ability to change a person's mindset and give them the courage that they need. The definition of encourage is to put courage into someone. To encourage. What some of us fail to realize is that we've got the ability to put courage in people. We've got the courage to to change their mindset just by saying the right words at the right time. Some of us also fail to realize that God has surrounded us with people to encourage us, to push us down that path, the direction that we should go, to follow his divine will, to follow his way, and he's put people along our path to encourage us to go that direction. God has a unique way of putting encouragers on our path. Sometimes we miss it. In Acts chapter 4, if you will, I want you to turn there. In Acts chapter 4, we meet... One of the best encouragers of all time. This man's name is Joseph. They're going to call him something else in a minute, and we'll get to that. But, but I want to tell you a little bit about this guy because, and, and what's leading up to, to our introduction to him. It, it, it's a very crucial time for the early church. Christ has ascended to heaven and he has, he has put the church in the hands of humanity. Why God would ever do that, I have no idea, but yet he did. He put the church in the hands of humanity. And on this one particular day, Peter preaches a sermon and 3,000 people give their hearts to Christ. They begin following the way is what it's called. They come to the way of Christ. 3,000 people in one sermon. And, and, and as the days begin to go, the church is growing rapidly. And now they're starting to put some structure in place. And they're becoming a structured, spirit-led organization. Yes, there is such a thing. A structured, spirit-led organization. And 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 we're seeing some amazing things happen. But watch what happens in Acts chapter 4. Because this is amazing how the church watches out for each other. Watch this. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. Now the full number of those who believe were of one heart and soul... who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Joseph, also known as Barnabas. There's so much that is said Right here in these few verses about him that we just failed to to realize because we don't know some of the background and the history. But but Joseph was a Levite. Levites were a tribe of Israel and they served as assistants to the priests in the temple. They were in charge of of being the the doorkeepers in the temple. Some, Some of them were musicians in the temple. Whatever capacity, they would assist the priests in serving. It was a high honor for the Levites to serve in those capacities. But you see, Joseph couldn't do that because Joseph was born in Cyprus, which meant that he was not born in Israel. He was what they referred to as a Hellenist, a a name given to Jews that were born outside of Israel, These people were regarded as foreigners and they did not speak Aramaic like like Jewish Christians so, so he couldn't speak publicly in their worship services. Their mother tongue was Greek. And they were considered to have picked up Gentile ways. And so people, other Jews, even Christian Jews, would look down their noses at them. There was a lot of hostility between native-born Israelites and the Hellenists. And because of the tension, Joseph wasn't allowed to serve in the temple like his tribe the Levites normally were allowed to do. Oh, I know Christians that would be sour about this kind of treatment. You know these people. Uh, they, they give their tithe They give them the offering Just so that they have a voice in the church They'll serve Just so that they can be seen Now we don't have these people around Destiny Community Church We don't have any of these people do we No we kick them out We get them out of here um, No we just get them saved is what happens But, but that's not who Joseph was Even though It seemed like such a dishonor to him that he couldn't serve in the places that he was born to serve in. Even though it seemed unfair, like an injustice, he didn't let it get to him. Now, the verses that we just read says that he felt the burden of other people and their their needs. And so, like the others... He had a piece of land and he went and sold the land and brought the proceeds to that land and laid it at the apostles' feet for them to distribute to the needy, the the other believers. Now, now there's something all in itself right there and I don't have time to get into it, but but listen to me, listen to me. Before you send your cousin to our church because he needs someone to help him with his rent or or, uh, there is a perk of being a part of the body of Christ. They were helping each other out. There were perks to being a part of the body of Christ. Let me tell you, if you are a part of this church and you have a need, we want to know about it. We want to know about it. We want to help you. And so they were seeing these needs and they were able to meet these needs because of people like Joseph. He had a big heart. This guy loved people and he, he loved encouraging people. His given name was Joseph, but the apostles gave him a, a nickname. They called him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. And so they started calling him. As a matter of fact, you're, you're going to re- hear about him more in the book of Acts. And they don't call him Joseph anymore. They call him by his nickname, Barnabas, son of encouragement. And throughout the book of Acts, this guy keeps popping up. And every time that he does, there's encouragement that follows. He's just got a gift of encouragement. And that's what he does. And he allows God to use him to point people down the path, to encourage people. I want you to turn now to Acts chapter 9 because the next time that we see him is in Acts 9 alongside a man named Saul who had been terrorizing Jesus' followers. Now, now, most of you in the room, you know the story of Saul. Saul persecuted Christians, um, Saul, even as a young man, he was there when when the first martyr, Stephen, was stoned to death because of his belief in Christ. The Bible says that Saul held the cloaks held the, held the garments of the men that were that were stoning Stephen. You, you know why, so that, that they would take their cloaks off so that they could wind up and throw harder, and so he held their, their cloaks in his hands in his arms. So that they could kill and stone this man for following Christ. This guy was evil. And and, and the believers knew it. He was shouting out murderous threats to them often. Looking for ways to persecute them. But but the story as you know on the road to Damascus one day. Going there to persecute Christians. He has this blinding light experience. Where he's riding on his horse. And and a blinding light from heaven hits him. He falls off his horse. and, And it's there where Jesus says... Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why are you doing this? He thought he was doing the right thing. He was doing it all in in the name of Judaism. He he thought he was worshiping Yahweh. He thought he was worshiping God and doing the Jews a favor. And he didn't see the importance of Christianity until this moment, this blinding light experience. And, And from there, God would begin to use him In Damascus, he would begin to share his experience and tell people about it, and people are coming to know Christ. But now it's time for him to travel to the headquarters of this organization that is about to go global. And so he goes to Jerusalem, and it's there where things take a little bit of a turn. So I want you to to read with me. We're going to read Acts chapter 9. We're going to start reading at verse 26. Most of you know this guy, Saul, he becomes the Apostle Paul, writes two-thirds of the New Testament, a very influential person in Christianity. His writings to this day, we'll read some more in a minute, and and his writings to this day are still changing lives. We're going to read some of his writings, some of his letters, we're going to read from them today, and it's going to change your life. This guy becomes very influential. Why? because of a man named Barnabas, who said that Saul could be trusted when the disciples were afraid of him. But Barnabas comes in and says, you can trust this man. And it changes the scenario. It changes the way they look at him. And now the disciples embrace him on on the recommendation of Barnabas. And Saul stayed with them there in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that he moved about freely and speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Barnabas and Paul were often crossing each other's paths in ministry. It it, it was amazing the things that they accomplished together. They were a great team. In Acts chapter 11, these two men, Barnabas and Paul, they they stayed at the church in Antioch for over a year. They were co-pastors of this church. And it's there in this church that they are pastoring under their guidance and teaching the disciples or the followers of Christ. It would be like us, people in this room, the followers of Christ were first called Christians at Antioch. They had never been called Christians before, but under the direction, under the leadership of Barnabas and Paul, they're now referred to as Christians. We get our name from these guys and their leadership and what they accomplished at that church in Antioch. The church in Antioch was a model for church planning. Not only was it the first Gentile church, the non-Jewish church, but, but they would go out and they would send teams out to plant churches. They became a great, great tool of ministry. The gospel would become worldwide because of the ministry of that church in Antioch and Barnabas and Paul. They are the ones that laid the foundation for it. Now something happens as you read through the book of Acts that, that if, if you're not watching closely, you, you won't even catch it. But, but what ends up happening is that the, the roles are reversed or the names are changed in the order of which you read them. What was Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas being a mentor, an encourager for Paul's life, he wouldn't, have been, wouldn't even have been accepted in Jerusalem had it not been for Barnabas. But as you begin reading, you'll notice that, that their names are switched and they become Paul and Barnabas. This is significant in writing. But it didn't seem to bother Barnabas. Even though Paul is becoming the dominant leader... He didn't bother Barnabas. Barnabas was still an encourager. That's what he did. That was his gifting in his life. He was there to encourage other people. And Barnabas and Paul, or Paul and Barnabas rather, they accompanied each other on numerous missionary journeys. They travel to Cyprus together. They go to Asia Minor and enter into Galatia together. They are not received by the Jews, but received by the Gentiles in Pisidian Antioch, which is a different Antioch. They go to Iconium, they heal in, in Lystra, and they preach in Derbe. These two men were warriors for the kingdom of God. They were a great team and God was using them in mighty ways but then something happens in Acts chapter 15 so if you will turn with me to Acts chapter 15 because when human beings are involved when humanity is involved how many of you know that somebody's going to mess up right oh I know I know you think this church is so perfect don't you Oh, I know, I know. And, and I am, but the rest of our staff bless their hearts. They're just not quite there yet. When humanity is involved, something is going to go wrong at times. It's just going to happen. And we see it. You're about to read one of the first disputes of the church. The early church, and, and here it is. Acts 15, starting at verse 36. This is a very democratic way of saying these guys were not getting along. They were not seeing eye to eye. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Some of you have never been a part of a church split and praise God that you never have. And I hope you never have to go through it because it is one of the most disheartening things that the kingdom of God has ever had to experience. I I love it when new converts, new people come to know Christ in a setting like this, because you don't have the baggage that some of us have being raised and growing up in the church. I've been through a church split before. It's one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through. And some of you that have gone down that road, you know what I'm talking about. I just read to you out of the Bible the very first church split. Paul takes Silas. Barnabas takes John Mark. And these two men, for the same cause, go in different directions. They're still loving Jesus. They still want to save people. But they cannot see eye to eye and they split, it's tough. This is tough for me to read, it's it's just, it's so disheartening that God's people can't see eye to eye sometimes, but but it happens. And in this moment, they just had to agree to disagree and and go their separate ways. Now, it would be very easy for me to make this sermon about Paul. And I'm gonna show you where there's some mercy and grace extended into the life of Paul, okay? But don't get stuck there because this sermon's not about Paul. We have no record of Barnabas being angry with Paul. After all, Barnabas was an encourager. That's what he was known for, it's what his gifting was. He just decided that it was best for him to take Mark and go a different direction. But here's where grace comes in because the disagreement didn't last, it wasn't permanent. We know that because Paul and Barnabas would later work together in serving the church in Corinth. To appreciate the ministry of Barnabas, you must realize the effect that encouragement has on people. And some of you know because you've been encouraged before. And you know how life-changing it is when someone looks you in your eyes and says, I believe in you. I know you can do it. God didn't bring you this far to not see you through to the end. Oh, you've had people in your life that they've looked at you and they've said words like that and it gave you the strength to keep marching on That they encouraged you as you were walking down that path that God has you on. And as you were walking down that path, and they're cheering you on, and they're telling you, you've got what it takes to, to accomplish what God's called you to do. It gives you that courage to keep moving on. This isn't about Paul. The result of these events is a young man named John Mark. Because this is life changing. It's believed that John Mark was the interpreter for the apostle Peter. Sure. He abandoned Paul and Barnabas on a missionary journey. The kid got homesick. We've all been there. He got a little homesick, couldn't stick it out, abandoned them, left them, took off back home, and left these men out there to work for the kingdom of God. Weak? Probably. Immature? Most likely. Irresponsible? Definitely. And Paul was done with him. The great apostle Paul, that gave you most of the books in the New Testament, he was done with Mark. But Barnabas didn't give up on him. And he continued to encourage and teach and lead this young man in his ministry. And I want you to see what happens in this young man's life. Because there's one verse that pretty much sums it all up. I want you to go to 2 Timothy. I'm going to read uh, chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. But there's one verse towards the end that just changes everything. 2 Timothy 4 verse 9 Paul is writing to Timothy and he says do your best to come to me soon for Demas in love with this present world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica Christians has gone to Galatia Titus to Dalmatia Luke alone is with me listen to what he says get Mark somebody say get Mark I'll oh, say it again. Say it. Come on. Paul, he wrote this young man off. He's not worthy enough to travel with us. He left us. He deserted us. Now he's writing to Timothy and he says, Get Mark and bring him with you for he is very useful to me in ministry. Suddenly Paul's had a change of life. Our, our change of mind, rather. Change of heart. He, he now sees the value in this young man. Paul acknowledged just through that one verse that Barnabas had been right not to give up on John Mark because he had become useful to Paul for ministry. What would the life of Mark, what would it have looked like had the encourager Barnabas not been on his path? Well, well I'll tell you what it would have looked like. For starters, we probably wouldn't have the Gospel of Mark. That's right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John tells the life of Christ. This young interpreter that was walking around with Peter, listening to the stories firsthand of what Christ had done, and listening to what Peter, Peter's interpretation of everything, he's writing it down. If somebody doesn't take them or take him under their wing and show him that they still believe in him and that there's still a purpose on his life you may not get the book of mark and everything that peter had told him about the life of christ i can't imagine going through life without that book I can't imagine what what it would be like had Barnabas not encouraged this young man and allowed him to stay by his side to teach him. Thank God for encouragers that keep us from going down the wrong path or giving up on our dreams. And in the New Testament, the theme that flows through it is encouragement. Encouragement. Hebrews 3 and 13, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Listen to what he says. He's saying, when you encourage each other, there's a better chance that that person won't fall into sin. Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. 1 Thessalonians five eleven. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Paul is writing all of these scriptures. And he has learned that encouragement pays off because he watched it happen in the life of Mark. That Barnabas, who encouraged Paul, also took Mark under his wing and said, I believe in you, young man, and you're going to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Now, I know that in my position, I'm expected to be full of courage all the time, right? I know it's hard for some of you to believe that there are moments when I'm scared. I know it's hard for some of you to believe that there's moments when I'm uncertain. I'll be honest with you. I try my best as the leader of this great church not to let those emotions show, but I'm letting you know I'm being very vulnerable and honest with you. It happens more than you think. And what I have noticed about my life is that on my path that God has me on, at just the right moments, God puts a Barnabas in my way. And they say, Rocky, I believe in you, you're doing a good job, keep going. God's got great things in store for you, and it happens all the time. In my office, I have a closet. In that closet, there's a box. It's not even a pretty box. It's a a box that reams of coffee coffee paper actually came in. It's it's not even, I've got to get a prettier box for this because it means a lot to me. But in this box, there's cards, letters, people who have encouraged me in the last 19 years of ministry. I brought three of them with me today because I want to show you how on my path, God has consistently put encouragers along my way. The first one came in the mail to me. It's from the Newberry Mayor Handwritten, there's something to handwritten notes. You should try it sometime. He says, Rocky, that's what the mayor calls me. (laughs) Rocky, a very uplifting and educational seminar this morning with the business leaders. I hope you continue to offer this series of educational seminars. I found a few gems I can use in my current job. You are a great teacher. and have always been an inspiration and motivation for me. Also, congrats on both your kids being in the top 10 grads at NHS this year, Bill. Can I tell you that was just at the right time, right when I needed it. I was having one of those days that I just didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel good enough. And that was in my box at the office. This was handed to me after service one Sunday morning. It's not in an envelope. It is an envelope. I guess they just looked in their purse, and this is, this is from one of you. it was on a Sunday that I felt like I bombed. Yeah, it happens. I might feel like that today after this sermon, but it was Father's Day 2013. just didn't feel like the message landed. I didn't feel like I connected. That's always my goal. Lord, I want to share your word, but I want it to connect and and I want to feel that that response back from the crowd. And it just wasn't one of those days. It just, it, it felt pitiful to me. And one of you You handed me this it says dear PR That's what my church members call me (laughs) Dear PR Once again, you delivered an awesome message The way you present the message along with your down-to-earth words is such a blessing to us all I Know some of these sermons can be emotionally draining Thanks for going the extra mile to get the Lord's message across to all of us We are blessed to have you as our pastor and friend. She's in this service. Thank you. You know who you are. I needed it that day. This is a card I received from one of my former students from the first youth ministry that I was a youth pastor 1997 through 1999 in Live Oak. She sent me a card and the card just says, just to say, thank you. She didn't even sign the card. Her name was Danielle, but she included a handwritten note, a letter. It says, Rocky and Mandy. I'm writing you because I just got back from a youth leaders conference where the speaker told a story about a girl in his youth group who started coming in eighth grade and was consistent through graduation. There was nothing really special about this girl. She was not the prettiest, smartest, or most talented one of the bunch, just committed. The story went on to say years later, this girl ended up in ministry. The point the speaker was trying to make was that you may not see the fruit from the seeds you plant in ministry at all or for a very long time. While listening, I began to cry because that girl was me. Nothing really stood out. There was nothing special about me. I made a lot of mistakes. I was kind of a dork and still am. But I was there. The seeds were planted. I came back around, so God took a willing heart and put me to work. I just wanted to say thank you for the seeds you planted in my life. I've said thanks before, but I feel I need to say it again. It was not the messages, although I'm sure they were good. It was the time you both invested, opening your home, allowing us to be a part of your life, giving me a chance on the worship team, and listening to me at team Talent, even though I wasn't that good. Now as I go through student ministry from the other side, I'm looking for the Daniels. The kids people really don't see much in, but they are always there. I'll go on planting seeds that I may never see the fruit of because someone planted them in my life, even if they didn't know it. You and Mandy are wonderful people. I'm so happy to see the success you are experiencing. You're reaching so many people with the gospel in a real and relevant way. Thanks for the investment you made in my life. It may seem small to you, but it really made a difference. I know I could have written you on Facebook but this letter does not require a response. I just wanted you both to know you are loved and appreciated. Please excuse my sloppy handwriting. It's the thought that counts, right? Love, Danielle. So it got me thinking, I wonder. I wonder if John Mark reached a place in his maturity in Christ because of Barnabas sowing into him and investing into him and encouraging him that one day the roles switched again. And that Mark actually began to encourage an old Barnabas like Danielle encouraged a middle-aged pastor. truth is this, is that not only do we all have the opportunity to be a Barnabas in somebody else's life, but God loves us so much that on our path, he puts a Barnabas every so often to encourage us. And we just have to be willing to open our eyes and to see these people that he's put there, that they're pushing you down that path God has for you. And and let me say this, I I didn't say this the first service, but it hit me and I, I need to share it with you. So, there's a benefit for coming late. If you don't see a Barnabas on your path, maybe you're on the wrong path. Maybe God is discouraging you from going that direction and he's got a different direction. And when you find the right path, he's going to put encouragers around you that keep telling you, do it, do it. God's called you to this. God, God has strengthened you. He has gifted you. God wants you going that direction. They're there. You just got to be willing to open your eyes. Paul was blinded, and when God removed the scales from his eyes, he could see Barnabas. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person for service times and directions log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.